0: So if you're ready for a really detailed analysis of the New Testament, you've come to the right place. Welcome. Hi there, welcome back. This will be for Hebrews chapter 2. The heading reads, Jesus came to suffer death and save men. He came to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. Verse 1, Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. Because Christ is better than the prophets, better than the angels is God. Verse two, for if the word spoken by angels was steadfast and every transgression and disobedience received a, re- a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard Him? God also bearing them witness, both with sins with, <laughs> with signs and wonders, and with divers miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to His own will. For unto the angels hath He not put in subjection the world to come where, whereof we speak? Elder McConkie said, Now if our fathers were condemned for transgressing and disobeying the law which came from angels through Moses, how much greater shall be our condemnation if we fail to live that gospel which came from the Lord himself through apostles and prophets? Verse 6, But one in a certain place testified, saying, What is man that thou art mindful of him, or the son of man that thou visitest him? That's in Psalms chapter 8. In other words, we are children of God. Thou madest him a little lower than the angels. Thou crownest him with glory and honor, and didst set him over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet. For in that he put all in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. But now we we see not yet things put, un- but now we see not yet all things put under him. Paul understands the meaning of the psalm. He understands that Adam was made Lord over all the earth, that man was given dominion over the animals and all earthly things. Hence, God has put all things in subjection under his feet. But Paul sees a deeper meaning. He understands that the psalmist question who, What is the Son of Man that thou visitest him? has reference to the Son of Man, another name for the Son of God. He understands that while man may have dominion over earthly things, it is Christ who has dominion over heavenly things. Hence, we see not yet all things put under under man's feet, for man has no dominion over death or sin, but lives in fear and bondage to both. But the Son of Man hath been made a little lower than the angels, being born as a mortal and suffering death, that he may put all things, both earthly and heavenly, under his feet. Since Adam was given dominion over the... Over the earth, he must turn that dominion over to Christ at the meeting at Adam Diamond. Verse 9, But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels, for the suffering of death crowned with glory and honor, that he, be, he by the grace of God should taste death for every man. For it became a, it became him, for whom all are all things and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons unto glory, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. Spencer W. Kimball said, "Perfection is a long, hard journey with many pitfalls. It's not attainable overnight." "'Eternal vigilance is the price of victory. "'Eternal vigilance is required to the subduing of enemies "'and in becoming the master of our lives. "'It cannot be accomplished in little little spurts "'and disconnected efforts. "'There must be constant and valiant, purposeful living. "'Righteous living, do we have the power "'to attain this kind of abundance?' "'The psalmist was inspired to write, "'What is man that thou art mindful of him, "'and the son of man that thou visitest him?' "'Just what I just read.'" There are those today who say that man is the result of his environment and cannot rise above it. Those who justify mediocrity, failure, immorality of all kinds, and even weakness and criminality are certainly misguided. Surely the environmental conditions found in childhood and youth are an influence of power, but the fact remains that every normal soul has its free agency and the power to row against the current and to lift itself to to new planes of activity and thought and development. Man can transform himself. Man must transform himself. And again, that was by President Kimball. Verse 11. For both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all of one, for which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren, Paul cited Old Testament texts to sustain his argument that we in Christ are children of the same Father. It was prophesied, Paul noted, that the Christ would not be ashamed to declare the name of God unto his brethren of the church and that Christ would be called upon to trust as with all of God's children. Though he is God's son, Christ did not take upon himself the nature of angels. It was for him to work out his salvation with fear and trembling like the rest of God's children. In all things, Paul said, it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren. Were this not the case, Christ's life would be of little value to us as an example. We could not be expected to pattern our lives after someone whose nature was so very different from our own that following in his footsteps would be impossible. It is our kinship with Christ, our descent from the same Father, that gives meaning to the divine plan for the salvation of men. We too are in the image and likeness of God. We too are heirs, even joint heirs with Christ. We too have res- have may receive of his fullness, sit upon thrones, and become equal with him in power and in might and in dominion. Thus, salvation comes to us as it did to Christ by becoming one with the Father. The whole system of salvation centers in the doctrine of oneness and unity. As Christ is the revelation and manifestation of the Father, so we too are to be manifestations of the Father. As Christ was a living, moving, breathing revelation of his Father, so all who would be saved must be the same. This principle of similitude, or oneness, is the key that unlocks the book of Hebrews. And that was by Joseph Fielding McConkie. Verse twelve saying, I will declare thy name unto my brethren, in the midst of the church, will I sing praise unto thee, and again I will put my trust in him, and again, behold, I and the children which God hath given me, for as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that though death he might destroy him, that he had the power of death, that is the devil. John Taylor said, Jesus descended below all things that he might be raised above all things. He took upon him a body that he might die as a man, and that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death that is the devil, having conquered death, then in his own dominions, burst the barriers of the tomb and ascended with the with his body triumphant to the right hand of God as he as he has accomplished a purpose which God had decreed from before the foundation of the world, and opened the kingdom of heaven to all believers. Hence man, through obedience to the gospel, is placed in a position to be to be adopted son of God and have a legitimate right to his father's blessings and to possess the gift of the Holy Ghost. And the apostle says that if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Thus, as Jesus vanquished death, so may we, as he overcame, so may we. And if faithful sit with him upon his throne, as he has overcome and sat down upon his father's throne. Thus, man will not only be raised from degradation, but will also be exalted to a seat among the intelligences which surround the throne of God. This is one great object of our coming here and taking bodies. Verse 15, And deliver them, who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. For verily he took not on him the likeness of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Note Paul's words, for verily he took took on him not the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. That means that he did not come into this world with a wall around him that would, that would shield him from pain and sorrow and temptation. Rather, he came with the feeling, warmth, and concern and sensitivity common to other human beings. Wherefore, um, in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to god to make reconciliation for the things i lost my place for the reconcil- for the sins of the people for in him, for in that he himself hath suffered being tempted he is able to succor them that are tempted Paul also wrote that Jesus was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that he may obtain mercy that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. The prophet Joseph Smith taught that Jesus descended in suffering below that which man can suffer, or in other words, suffered greater sufferings and was exposed to more powerful contradictions than any man can be. Because Jesus knew more, he felt more, he understood more, he suffered more, and he could be tempted more than any other person. It seems that the number and severity of the temptations that one experiences are in proportion to one's knowledge and perception. A person with greater capacity may be called on to endure greater temptations. On the other hand, the joys and the rewards for that same person are also greater. The foregoing passages of Scripture show that Jesus denied himself of things that his mortal nature may have desired and yet were wrong for him, and he became spiritually strong as a result of that desire. And that was by Robert Matthews. Elder McConkie also said, Paul's epistle to the Hebrews takes on a whole new meaning when it is read and studied with an understanding of the sacrificial system and the temple rites that prevailed in the day of Jesus. Our apostles, friends, begin... Our apostolic friend begins his epistle, as it is the nature and disposition of a true apostle to do, by announcing that the great Elohim, the God to whom the Hebrews prayed in times past, sent his Son into the world, that the Son was in the express image of the Father's pres- person, and that he came as promised in the Holy Scriptures. The Son is identified by the name of, as the Son, as the man Jesus, the captain of their salvation who came to destroy death, who took on him the seed of Abraham, so that in all things, being made like unto his brethren, he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself hath suffered being tempted, he is able to succor them that are tempted. As we have seen, the high priest The high priests in Israel on the Day of Atonement, and at other times, through their sacrificial offerings, made reconciliation for the sins of the people. That is, by the shedding and sprinkling of the blood of bullocks and goats, an atonement was wrought, and the sins of the people were forgiven. It is this same prerogative that Paul is now claiming for another of Abraham's seed. Verse 17, wherefore in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest all thing, in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself hath suffered being tempted, he is able to succor them that are tempted. I think I read that uh, in the narrative that I was just reading. He knows more about temptation than all the rest of us because he never gave in to them. Jesus suffered more contradiction and temptation than anyone else on earth. Stated simply, Jesus Christ's empathy for us in our suffering does not come only through revelation. The Spirit knoweth all things, but from actual experience according to the flesh. Because of his own experience with pain and sorrow, his descent below all things, he knows how to succour his people in their infirmities. To succour is to bring help or relief to someone in distress. Truly the Savior does understand our pain and undoubtedly weeps with us in our extremities. He will be he will bring peace, the healing of the soul, to those who trust in him. That was by Larry Dahl. While the Savior knew all things in the spirit he also knew the pains infirmities and temptations of man as experienced in the flesh he never allowed godly power to insinuate to insulate pain and affliction and weakness of of man of man traverse and engulf his physical frame Paul observed that he became like unto his brethren that he might be a merciful and and faithful high priest The refiner's fire of human experience confirmed in his godly nature the tenderness of heart, the softness of soul that made the Savior not only just but merciful, not only omnipotent but compassionate. Neal Maxwell gave this insight into the relationship between the Atonement and the Savior's succoring powers. His empathy and capacity to succor us in our own sickness, temptation, or sins were demonstrated and perfected in the process of the Great Atonement. He also said, "...the marvelous Atonement brought about not only immortality, but also the final perfection of Jesus." Empathetic and helping capacity. No mortal can cry out, He does not understand my plight, for my trials are unique. There is nothing outside the scope of the Savior's experience, as Elder Maxwell stated or observed. None of us can tell Christ anything about depression. As a result of his mortal experience, culminating in the atonement of the Savior, the Savior knows, understands, and feels every human condition, every human woe, and every human loss. He can comfort as no other. He can lift burdens as no other. He can listen as no other. And he does that because he has been there. He has done it. Anyway, that's the end of the chapter for today, and we'll see you next time. Bye.